0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with The Breakfast Huddle, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Mind Your Business. Let's talk about shopping.
1: Oh, so much to talk about, right? It's always been serious business. But total global retail sales actually hit Tens of millions of dollars, specifically 26.29 trillion in 2019. And it's getting even more and more serious, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And and that's also because the experience of shopping has changed so much, right? In the past, it used to be the only option of going into a store. Now, you know, you could buy it online, mm. get it mailed to you, or, you know, there, there, there's so many ways to, to get what you want.
1: It's very different from when I was mm. a teenager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of technology, are those in the retail sector really already seeing the importance of technology for business success? Many of them clearly are, and we've spoken to many of them ourselves. But there are many others who perhaps need to be convinced a little bit more. With technology taking over the retail industry, the other major question is, will there be any an extinction of physical stores those not. brick and mortar stores
0: i hope not i mean You'd
1: still like the experience right you
0: know, so my wife can go in and i can go and have coffee <laughs> uh, on the line with us this morning is dr kapil artuli who is professor of marketing and director retail center of excellence singapore management university good morning how are you
2: doing
0: well how are you very good sir thank you so much for taking the time to help us out with our shopping experience
1: mm. let's talk about shopping then and now yeah so even during pre covid times i remember people saying oh brick and mortar in singapore is in danger some big retailers were closing even then and then people complaining that oh we have all these cookie cutter malls there're not enough people on orchard road but we've moved on from there during covid 19 we saw other retailers close as well but Yet others survived. How would you assess the current landscape? Where we're at, what's led us to it? I think the
2: current landscape, uh, there are still quite a few challenges because the virus keeps evolving. So, you know, there is some uncertainty. But over the last five years, it's, it's been very clear that physical stores are critical. They are a very important asset. And if you look at the moves of some of the so-called pure online players, they have all been actually either collaborating or buying out or launching their own physical footprints all over the world. If you look at Amazon, they bought out uh, Whole Foods. Uh, You know, a lot of our uh, local uh, retailers who have been only purely online have been tying up at the malls to have their own physical footprint. More and more, the online retailers are realizing that physical stores matter a lot.
1: Can, okay. you, can you explain that further, though? I mean, why do they matter a lot? Because from the outside looking in, some people might just say that, you know, I, I shop online, I'm happy with that. Yet others prefer physical stores. Why is that necessary at this point? Sure. So there is a nuance
2: to it, right? Like I like shopping online for things that I don't need to touch, feel, or evaluate. So, for example, if I want milk, toilet paper, kitchen towels, etc., I'll go online because I, don't, I know what I want. But for others, like, you know, if I want to have a coffee, I don't want to only order a coffee online having it delivered to me. I want to go sit in a nice cafe, have a coffee. If I want to buy a bed sheet or if I want to buy a mattress, I want to see, touch and feel this is a high ticket item. So there is like, you know, a little bit of sorting out. The usual purchases are moving more and more online. The more purchases which require either high ticket items like TVs or electronics, the major electronics. They're more and more going towards the hybrid side.
0: At this point, though, I mean, as we try to get out of this uh, pandemic that we're in, retailers still facing challenges going digital?
2: Yes, because, you know, there is, there, is a, there is a sort of a myth that digital is easy or digital is cheap. On both counts, that's not true. Digital is not easy if you want to do what the big guns are doing. If you look at, say, for example, Amazon, if you want to compete against Amazon, you have to be—you have to think like a target. You know, it's a big retailer based mm. in US, and they invested seven billion dollars, and of course, you know, they have defied all expectations and they've done phenomenally well. Uh, so, first thing you need to understand is digital is not easy, and the biggest choice you have to make. You say, okay, what do I want to do with digital? Okay. Digital is not a one-zero decision. You mm-hmm. cannot say, oh, okay, I will go either digital or not. There are different flavors of digital. It can be an extreme, like the target example I gave you, where a company invests, that kind of money. Or it can be very simple. Hey, you know what? I'm in the neighborhood. I need to only provide information or I just need to use WhatsApp. That is my digital footprint and
1: I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. So that type of research and data mm-hmm. from of customer behavior becomes very important, doesn't it? Yet, uh, l- a lot of experts say it's got to be omni-channel, just as you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, that you can't just have a digital-only footprint. A lot of mm-hmm. big companies are moving into brick and mortar and vice versa, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... My question really is, we Mm -hmm. did see some big retailers, though, close their Mm -hmm. brick-and-mortar stores. What did they do wrong, and what should companies be doing instead?
2: So, you know, I mean, without any names, but one of the things you have to ask yourself is, if you're a physical retailer only, what is your unique value proposition? You know, if, if you're only providing things which I can buy without touch and feel, or which the brand is so prominent that I don't need to evaluate and I can get it for like 20% cheaper online, I'm not going to come to your store because I don't need to be in your store for that. So a lot of the stores that actually shut down, you can see that they were providing merchandise which was not very unique and was easily available to online platforms like Lazada, etc. So that was one of the major drivers. The other is a, a sort of a naive understanding of online retailing. Mm. One of the biggest, there are two big cost items of online retailing which people don't understand. One is the cost of acquisition of customers. Online is not cheap. You know, you're one of the million websites and you're competing on a global scale. So how would a customer know about your website? And advertising rates on some of the online platforms have not become cheaper. So that's one. The second is fulfillment. Fulfillment is very expensive. Uh, when When an online player has to deliver something to you, it costs them money. But it even costs them a lot more money when you return it. So net-net, those, the, the fulfillment costs are very, very high. And a lot of online players, purely online players, don't make money. That is why what you would see is even startups or global companies, so like a local startup like Ayuga, even though started only online, they went for physical stores because they realized it's cheaper for them to have a store near where their customers live.
0: There's a lot of talk about data. I wonder mm-hmm. how does this play in the shopping landscape. I mean, is it possible that data can be used to i don't know forecast customer demand for something?
1: Oh
2: absolutely data is data is absolutely critical. But more than that, it's data analysis. What can you do with the data? Data allows uh, you to understand your demand patterns, which is absolutely essential for your inventory management. And retail inventory management can make or break you. So if you have a good data analysis team, it can actually tell you uh, and it can allow you to have better forecasting capabilities. That's number one. Number two, it's also very critical that data allows you to fine-tune your marketing and promotions. What works, what does not work. Yeah. A lot of the online players are continuously doing what we colloquially call as A-B testing, Mm. trying to understand, even sometimes as simple as that, oh, okay, does this shade of blue look better online and on phones and on laptops than the...
1: Another shade of blue, mm. and certainly all of that can be very, very useful. Yeah, could you perhaps give us an example of a retailer that has operationalized technology and that whole omni-channel experience in a meaningful way to create an exciting retail experience during this time? Because all of this can be rather intimidating for someone who's just entering the retail space, right? Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, so, if I may, like go back to the Target example. One of the critical things that this company did was they realized that our stores are not liabilities. They are actually our biggest asset because they can be fulfillment hubs. That means very simply that if a customer orders, it does not have to go all the way to a central warehouse. It can just go to the nearest store and the, the store can deliver to you. But that is still expensive. What if we give the customers an option to coming to our store to pick it up? That is called BOPIS, buy online, pick up in store. And that has been a massive success all over the world for a lot of these omni-channel players the idea that i can buy online and pick up in store and return it immediately if something is or exchange it has been a very nice win-win situation for retailers not just in us or europe but also in india china and in singapore
0: on the back of your your last answer doctor um, what does this mean for the physical store one would speculate it could be the end of it but the way you describe you still need a space right
2: no physical stores in fact there was a very nice article in wall street journal a couple of days back that talked about Very simply, that physical store is the most coveted asset for online players now. Because when a customer buys online and picks up in-store, guess what? I don't have to deliver it to them. That means I don't have to spend that money. It's much cheaper for me. Therefore, my profits will be higher. And also, because you're picking it up in-store, you don't have to return it from your home, which again saves me money, and it provides convenience for the customer. So we sort of reached like a nice, happy Uh, equilibrium, where the customer is okay with it and the retailer can also make a decent profit out of it. Mm.
1: It sounds though as if the physical store will just be a utilitarian aspect of the business. However, some retailers are trying to make it an exciting experiential experience too, right? For them to, for people to come in, to be immersed in the brand story perhaps, or to enjoy other aspects of the products and services that the retailer offers. Can you give us your thoughts on that, the importance of doing that for your customer to draw them into the store?
2: It's absolutely critical if you want to capture the impulse purchase and repeat business. Uh, if you look at, for example, Decathlon or Harvey Norman, they have invested locally, they have invested a lot in their in-store experiences. I love going to the local Decathlon store near Kalang where, uh, because it's closer to where I live because I can sort of try out table tennis rackets or like, you know try out other sports. And then I realize that I end up buying more than I need. But that's fine because I end up using it anyways. So that in-store experience for these different items is very, very critical. Similarly with Harvey Norman, you know, if I want to buy a new laptop, Yes, it's easy to say just buy it online, but I would prefer to go look at it, talk to someone, understand the features because I'm not a tech expert. So I want to know the things about the hard drive, the software, et cetera, et cetera. And that helps me in the in-store experience. Sometimes I will just buy online after going to the store, but that is perfectly fine because I'll end up buying from their own website. So the boundaries between physical and digital are becoming more blurred.
0: We've been speaking with Dr. Kapil Artuli, Professor of Marketing and Director, Retail Center of Excellence at Singapore Management University. Appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. You too. Have a wonderful day, guys. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.